Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Church, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have a little bit. You can go ahead and have a seat. I'm, I'm I have a little bit of a dilemma here. I don't know if I should use the eight minute clock up on the wall for my message today. Use that one. Use the eight minute clock or the thirty minute clock that hasn't started yet, which is great for me. I'm glad to be with you today. We just love Hope Church. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your investment in my daughter and her husband, uh, Ryan and Emily. We're so blessed that our kids get to serve down here. And uh, just been so neat to be with you throughout the years and see the way that God has used your church through the leadership of your pastors uh, to make a difference uh, in Winter Garden and in Florida and all over the world. And we're just blessed to be, you know, it's funny, um, how many of you in this room are not ashamed to say you're over 50 years old? Raise your hand up in the air. Don't you think it's funny when somebody 39 says I'm getting old? Isn't that funny? It's almost like it's, I want to I want to say something to kind of you know be a little humorous and, and 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 make fun of that, but at the same time he's making fun of us because if he's getting old we're really old. So I don't know whether to be offended or say something that's that's a little funny. But um, we love pastors Wes and Diana. We just um, very special relationship and um, very 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 proud of them. And I know you love them so much. Hey, let's give it up for your pastors this morning. Would you do that? Great job on the worship this morning from your worship team. I love Gabe's heart and uh, just was really blessed this morning. Uh, The Lord spoke to my heart, and I hope he speaks to your heart uh, through what we're going to talk about today. The Ten Commandments is an interesting subject. How many of you are old enough? Now listen, it's on TV every year at Easter. Okay, we celebrate the beginning of the Jewish nation on Easter for some reason, but... Every year, the Ten Commandments is on with Charlton Heston. Has anybody ever seen that movie before? Okay, it's kind of a cool thing to watch. It's super, super long. But uh, my my memory of what the Ten Commandments are, I just remember him saying the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? Now, all these these kind of real King James-y, super-duper high English words, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, right? And I remember... Uh, watching him carry them big stones down. And I was talking, I, I actually, we talked about the Ten Commandments a couple years ago in our church. And I said, how many of you remember the movie about the Ten Commandments? And I was really surprised a lot of people that were kind of youngerish raised their hand up. And one of them said to me after church, they ought to do a real one because I only watched a cartoon one. And I said, the real one? Already, okay, never mind. I'm just old. That's what it is. But, you know, it's not about a movie. It's about something that took place in, in real history out of the Word of God that was such a foundational piece of God's relationship piece of God's relationship with his called out nation. Now I want to give you a super duper brief historical context on what the 10 commandments what led up to the 10 commandments. I don't want to bore you with a history lesson, but I think I think to kind of understand what led up to that is a lot of things you already know, but it kind of puts things in a timeline. Of course it starts back in the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, everything starts, right? Genesis is the book of beginnings. Say beginnings. All right? That's where it all started, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, okay? And 
we understand that everything that is, everything that we see has been created by God, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We know that he is and we're not. Would you agree with that this morning? He's the creator and we're blessed to be his creation. And if you know him as savior, you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Well, in the book of Genesis, we learn about creation. Then we go through the fall of man and how God wanted to restore mankind. The very first verse, uh, that's very first prophetic verse in the word of God is Genesis uh, 3.15. I think it's called the Proto-Evangelium. That's a really fun word that you'll say every day at lunch. But it's the first time that it's mentioned that a Savior was going to come uh, to this world. It's a great verse to study if you, if you study prophecy in the, Old, in the Old Testament. But then it talks about the beginning of civilization. We read through the story of the flood. We read through the story of the Tower of Babel and, and, and the conflict that man had with God, right? They wanted to be like God, just like Lucifer did. And then we read about the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then his son Joseph, Big, big part of the book of Genesis is about the, the patriarchs. And God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 11 and 12 to come out of his land to a land that he promised him. And he promised Abraham that he was going to build this gigantic nation out of his seed, right? And you learn about the faith of Abraham, Jehovah Jireh, the sacrifice. Abraham believed that God was going to resurrect his son from the dead up on the mountain after he was going to do what God told him to do and make him a sacrifice, But Abraham was able to believe that because when God told Abraham he was going to have a son, he was like 90 years old. And he was over 100 when his son was born. His mom or his wife, Sarah, didn't believe it. And when she heard about it, she laughed. She said, I'm 80 years old. We don't even do things that make babies at 80 years old anymore. I think that's what she was saying. Just trying to see if you're awake this morning, okay? And then we read through these stories of these patriarchs and God's very personal relationship with him. And then how Joseph was really kidnapped, given away by his brothers, taken down into Egypt. And he goes through all of this stuff. You learn about character and integrity and faith. And, and I love the verse in, in the book of Genesis where it says, what, God, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. I, I've just claimed that verse in my life in different circumstances. And then all of a sudden, these brothers that gave up Joseph come back down and ask Joseph for help. And of course, they didn't recognize Joseph because he had all this Egyptian paint all over his face. He was speaking a different language. Well, to make a really, really short story long, uh, the, Abraham's, or Abraham's kindred, all his everybody, Jacob was the only patriarch that was left besides Joseph, and they all moved down into Egypt because there was a drought, and they kind of planted themselves there. But Joseph dies. And after Joseph dies, the Egyptian king feels that, that these, uh, these Jewish folks, these Israelites, were a threat to them because they were just growing like crazy. They were having babies and babies and babies and babies and babies and really grew into a nation almost as big as to potentially a threat to the Egyptians. So when they came up with this plan, they were going to take the firstborn of every, of every family. They were going to kill them. And, of course, Moses was saved and and God did some great things in Moses' life. He made a big mistake, and he was reconciled unto God. How many of you have made a big mistake in your life, and you've been reconciled unto God? Say amen. You with me? I, I, re, I feel that story all throughout my life. And then God says to Moses, you're going to take my people, and you're going to take them to the promised land. He kind of he battles with God a little bit, but eventually he submits to it. We read about the plagues that happen in the book of Exodus where, where God was really not just separating 
the children of Israel from the Egyptians. He was demonstrating his power to his kids. That you can trust me. I'm going to take care of you. I got you. I'm going to take you to this land. And by all the things that God did, I think the the Bible says that he hardened Pharaoh's heart when all these plagues were taking place because he would say, yeah, you guys could go. And then he would change his mind. Yeah, get, get out of here for a day. And then he would change his mind again. I think he hardened Pharaoh's heart because he was teaching the children of Israel how powerful that God was. So Moses and the children of Israel leave. They cross through the Red Sea on dry land. Beautiful, beautiful story. They start wandering a little bit. They get to Mount Moriah. Moses and two million plus people. It's a lot of people, isn't it? He makes this mountain climb into the top of Mount Moriah. Moses at 80 years old. And I think Pastor Wesley wanted me to speak today because I'm much more closer to 80 than he is, all right? So I think that's why he did that. So God gives Moses these 10 rules, right? You've seen them posted. Well, they used to be posted more in places in, in, in our justice system. That seems like it's coming down a little bit now, and it's a very unpopular thing, especially to Christians, that they're taking the Ten Commandments down. But, and some people think, are the Ten Commandments really relevant, right? Jesus said he, can't, he didn't come to fulfill, he came to fulfill the law, not to, not to bring the law into predominance again. And we believe in grace. We believe that Jesus loves us just the way that we are. And he loves us so much, he doesn't want to leave us that way. And we love the story of our reconciliation unto God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and this new dispensation of grace that we live in today. But we look back at those Ten Commandments and we go, does that mean that they're relevant still? Because you know what follows the Ten Commandments? About 650 more laws. Super crazy laws. They had laws about how they were to treat slaves. That's not relevant today, thank God. They had laws about how they had laws about how they were supposed to dispose of their human waste. It's, fu- it's funny to read through that stuff. It, it, if, if you let somebody else's cattle die on your property, there was laws about that. If you, if you beat somebody else's kids, well, that doesn't happen. That stopped when I was a kid, right? I remember, I remember if I got in trouble down the street, my neighbor down the street would whoop up on me, and my mom would hear about it. I'd run home, Mom, Mr. Gillespie beat me up. He, he, he took a switch, and he beat my tail. And she said, what'd you do? And I told her, and she said, well, that wasn't enough. And she would, take, she would get round two, and then my dad would come home for dessert, right? And we read through that, and we're like, is this really relevant today, right? And, but if you read through these laws, they really are a foundation of what we believe as, as Christians this morning. And I want to tell you something, church. Just as much as we love the New Testament and the story of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that we receive, you, we, you have to study the whole Bible to get a full picture of who God is. And when you read through the book of Exodus and you understand this beautiful story, these commandments that God gave us in the beginning of his word, you'll understand, wow, God did so much. Just like Gabe and the, and the team were singing about this morning, Jehovah Jireh, he provided. You know why they needed laws? Because they were living in lawlessness. The nation of Egypt was a corrupt. Listen, they were so corrupt that they called for the murder of babies. That kind of re- resonates a little bit, doesn't it? It doesn't even seem possible that we live in a world where that happens today. But this nation was corrupt. They were evil. They didn't, they didn't believe in God. They believed in many, many gods. They believed in false gods. Even their laws didn't, didn't reflect uh, their personal belief system. 
And so God took his nation out. And when he took his nation out, he had to establish really a set of rules. It's kind of like when you go when you go to school the first day. Remember your first day of school? And the whole day, the first day of school, it's nothing but rules. You got to bring four number two pencils sharpened. Okay, never mind. I'm old. You got to bring your iPad to school. I don't know what they do today. Right? But you go, all these rules, all these rules. And God gave him 10 rules. And when you read through the rules, they don't seem that difficult. You know, if you read through the, 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 the first 10, the, the 10 commandments, you don't really read any of them and say any of them is controversial. Like, ah, I don't know if I agree with that. Ah, I don't know. Adultery, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Or, you know, don't kill. Eh, you don't know my mother-in-law, right? I mean, there's, we read through these, these rules and we're like, okay, I get this. These kind of make sense. But the, the Ten Commandments, the, four, the first four commandments have to do with our relationship with God. Right? And we're going to talk about the first two today. The last six commandments have to do with your and my relationship with each other or mankind. And you know what? We need that today, don't we? We need to know how we're supposed to worship and believe in God. Right? That's why we're in church today. And secondly, we need to know, Jesus said of all the commandments written in the, New Testament, or in the Old Testament, he said they all come down to two. God gave them ten, right? All the 660 commands in, in, the, in the beginning of the Bible come down to these Ten Commandments. And then Jesus comes in the New Testament. He says, listen, it all comes down to two commandments. You know what those are, right? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as what? So tell your neighbor you love him. Say, I love you. Just tell your neighbor you love him. You just fulfilled six of the Ten Commandments. Give each other a big hand by doing that, okay? You did that. You did good. You're going to get some brownie points in heaven today for that. So let me read Exodus, because we're not here to hear me. We want to hear from God today. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. And God spoke all these words, saying, and I love that because we've said that in the beginning, right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And when God created, he said, what, let us, right, let there be light. Let us make man in our own image. We learn about God. We learn about the plurality of God in Genesis chapter 1. It's beautiful. God spoke these words, and he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And they're like, yeah, he did. He kicked butt and he took names. Pharaoh was crying on the way out because all their, all their firstborn sons were killed because they didn't obey God. And remember, remember the wasps, right? Remember all the cattle died? Remember the darkness? Remember the river turned into blood? Like they were like, yeah, you're God. There was no doubt in their mind who was speaking that day and what God had done in their nation's life. And I'm going to tell you something. You know why God did that? He had their attention. And I know you and I have all experiences, experienced times in our lives when God had our complete attention. They're not always good times either, are they? Sometimes it's sickness. I love praising God on those Jehovah Jireh stories. When I mean, God just provided. I'm like, wow, I can't even believe this. Then I feel the presence of God when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death too, like it says in Psalm 23. He said, I am the God, I'm, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You will have no other gods before me. That's commandment number one. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven or that is in earth or beneath or that is in the water or, or under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. So the two commandments we're going to talk about for the next few minutes are, number one, you shall have no other gods before me. And number two, you shall not make idols to worship. Now, I think the first one sounds kind of relevant, right, to us today. You shall have no other gods before me, right? We're only supposed to worship God. That makes sense. But then when you read the second commandment, it says, well, don't make any idols to worship, right? 
Don't make things out of your hands and bow down to worship them. And that seemed to be a problem even with the children of Israel. When, remember what happened when Moses was coming down with the Ten Commandments and he saw them doing what? Worshiping a calf made out of gold. And, and, and Moses looks at them and he's like, he, God just told me that you guys aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> Breaks the Ten Commandments, melts the cow that's made out of gold and makes them drink it. So much stuff. Moses was so frustrated with the children of Israel so many times but we're thankful for the grace that God gave them because it's grace that I need in my life every single day. The Ten Commandments are God's basic laws for his people to follow that are written for us in the book of Exodus. Uh, The commandments were needed because the children of Israel only knew of Egyptian law and Egyptian worship. That's all they were taught. They didn't understand. They didn't have the Bible. They didn't have a written account. Matter of fact, Moses was the guy that penned Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, or as I like to call the hardest books of the Bible to read, right? He wrote those first five books through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, supernaturally preserved so we can read and even study those today. Number two, the first four commandments deal with man's relationship with God. We said that. Number three, the last six commandments deal with man's relationship with each other. And here's the fourth thing. God delivered the children of Israel with huge, crazy miracles, and now he wanted to set a new standard of worship and their relationship with each other. So what are the two first two what are the first two commandments about? Well, it's pretty just very simply this morning. The first commandment is about who we worship. You say, "What? Well, I'm here in church, right? I worship God. Do we always worship God? Aren't there things in our lives sometimes that take the place of God? Like when we look at that, we say, oh, I would never bow down to a calf. I would never bow down to a, like the second commandment says, to a graven image. But if we understand what the the meaning of worship, the worship is what's getting our full attention and what we pour ourselves into the most and what we value the most in our life. And I think for some people, they worship their jobs. Is Is that fair to say? I think some of us have to be careful not to worship our children. We put our, sometimes we have to be careful with this. We put our kids even above our own marriage sometimes. Uh, We put our our stuff. We worship our stuff. We work so hard. We work so hard for the American dream. A bigger house, a better house, a bigger car, a better car, a bigger vacation. And and we spend our whole life working towards these things that the Bible talks about. They're wood, hay, and stubble. They They just kind of vanish away. You see, when we talk about the worship of God, we say, well, I only believe in God. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that I can have a relationship with him. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. He's the only one who I worship. I can tell you who you worship by what you put your most time into. Right? And it's funny because we talk about going to church. We said to the warriors, any warriors in the house this morning? Any guys go to the warriors retreat? Anybody? Amen. I hope you had a good day yesterday. Hope you spent time well spent with the time mechanism that I gave you over the weekend and... You could tell your wives about that after church so they don't think I'm a jerk, okay? But I said to the guys yesterday, guess what? Guess where you weren't the last three days? You weren't in church. Tomorrow is church. And unfortunately, our world today, Sunday's become a day that's not what it used to be. I grew up when store. anybody else remember when stores used to be closed on Sunday? Remember that? In Philly too. What, what, right? Stores were closed on Sunday. And then it progressed into, well, we're going to open. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong. Listen, I'd be a hypocrite because I work on Sunday, right? So I can't be hating on people that work on Sunday. But then it kind of turned into, well, we got to open the stores. But you know what? We're still going to be a Christian nation. So we're not going to sell alcohol on Sunday. 
I, when, I was, when I was in Bible college at Springfield, Missouri, I worked in a store. There was two different kind of stores in this convenience chain we worked for. There was a 5% store, and there was a 3.2% store. Does anybody know what that means? The alcohol level in beer, right? You know what that is. Somebody say amen to beer. No, don't do that. Okay. So if you were a 3-2 store, you could sell beer on Sunday because you couldn't sell 5% alcohol, uh, 5% alcohol on Sunday. But you could sell 3.2, which only means this. Instead of getting a six-pack to get your load on, you'd have to buy a whole 12-pack. That's all that meant, okay? And, and we've seen this. We've seen this. Boy, people that are, older, that, that, are all, that are older than all of us in the room, they were look at where we are today. They go, I can't believe the world that you're growing up in. I can't believe all the things that you're allowed. I can't believe all these things that, 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 that are happening in our world today. It's crazy. You know, what, you know where it all comes from? People aren't worshiping God. They don't really believe that he's the creator. They don't believe he's the sustainer. They don't believe that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so we can have a relationship with him. They think there are other roads, other paths of enlightenment, if you will, or other paths for you to be justified or other paths for you to find satisfaction. Because in the end, it's all going to work out anyway, right? That's not what the Bible tells us. And it starts with this. You will have no other gods before me. Just worship him. Don't let anything in your life, don't let anything in your life be more important than your relationship with God. Because if your relationship with God is the most dominant relationship in your life, you don't, your pastor doesn't need to beg you to read your Bible every day. If your relationship with God is the most dominant, significant, important relationship in your life, you don't have to beg each other to go to church on Sunday. If your relationship with God is the most dominant, important, significant relationship in your life, then you don't have to be persuaded not to be mean to people that, 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 that drive on the crazy roads in Florida. Can I get an amen to that, right? I love I-4, not. I did, so, I did something yesterday. It wasn't even on purpose, but I was thankful I did it. When I was coming back from the retreat by myself because Pastor Wesley and his guys left before me, so I was by myself yesterday. I had to eat at Wawa instead of uh, five guys. Thank you for that. So I missed... I missed getting on I-4, and I had to go up farther, up 75, and get on the Florida Turnpike to come back down. I was like, you know what? I think God blessed me by doing that. I just missed I-4 altogether. But I'm going to give you the receipts for those tolls that I had to pay, okay? (laughs) The first commandment is about who we worship. The first commandment rejects all other gods. There's no other God. There's no, uh, it's kind of funny when we say the gods, the gods, the gods, the gods. They don't exist. There is only one God. God is the creator, God, his son, Jesus Christ, who provided our um, substitutionary death so we can have a relationship with him, his Holy Spirit, who lives in us today if we have a relationship with God, is the trinity or the triunity of God in one person. It's not confusing, but sometimes we don't understand it because we don't think like God does. But there are other God. There aren't other religions that are going to get you to heaven because Jesus said what? I am the, the and the life, and nobody comes unto the Father except through him. Why? Because there's no other gods. It's a foundational principle here in Exodus chapter 20. The second commandment is about how we worship. It's kind of funny because worship's changed over the years. We did something... It, we did something a couple of weeks ago in our church, and it, and it was really a sweet day. We, we did a whole month of honor. Right, And we believe that God wants us to honor. When we honor others, God honors us. Right, The principle of honor is part of your value system in your church, and I love that. 
And so we did a Sunday where we honored our senior citizens and we honored grandparents. It was on Grandparents' Day. It's one of those Hallmark buy a card holidays, right? So we, we did a big thing for grandparents. We got them all bunt cakes after church, and we did a bunch of things to make them feel loved like y'all do when you do special days. And we did a service where we did all old school music. Standing on the promises of whom, right? We did all that, and it is well. Man, it was, and it was great, because I knew all the words. Like, I was pumped up. Like, I never heard the Jehovah Jireh song this morning. I never did. So the song, the second song y'all did that you were kind of, you know, getting jiggy with it a little bit, right? I knew that song. I didn't know the Jehovah Jireh song. So if you didn't think I was worshiping because on the last song I didn't have my hands up in here. I was just reading the words and praying through it. But on the second song I was worshiping because I was moving around a little bit, right? I was, you know, hmm, 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 hmm. I was doing all that stuff because that's what, that's what we think worship is today, right? But worship is what we give our most attention to, right? The second commandment is about how we worship. The second commandment rejects false forms of worship. So I'm going to ask you two questions. And the eight-minute clock just started. The sad thing is we're going to have a real God moment in a minute. It's going to go three, two, one. It's going to do that because it's going to be the end of the quarter. You can play, brother. And you gave us a good word in rally time this morning. Proud of you. It was a good job. Are the Ten Commandments relevant today? There's only two points. Somebody say amen to two points, okay? But there was like 10 before that. I know, but there's only two left. Number one, God wants us to worship him alone. And the only way to him, the only way to him is through Jesus Christ. John chapter 14 and verse number six. Jesus, Thomas said, Jesus said, just follow me in the way. And Thomas, doubting Thomas, well, where are you going? What way are you talking about? And Jesus said, dude, listen, I'm the way. I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and you can't come to the Father except through me. You said, but that's John chapter 14. You're talking about something that took place maybe 4,000 years previous to that with Moses and the Ten Commandments. No, it's a truth that didn't change. We still can only have a relationship with the Father if we're going to be redeemed. But now it's through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. The first commandment is the foundation, not only for the last nine commandments, but it's a foundational principle throughout the whole word of God. You see, the book of Hebrews tells us that, that faith, that without faith it's impossible to please God, right? You've heard that verse before. If I don't have faith, I can't please God. But then it says this, because God is, what a great statement that is. That's like when Jesus said, I am. For God is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Because he's the only way. He's the only way we can accept be forgiven of our sins. He's the only way that we can have a relationship with God. He's the only way that we can spend eternity with him. For Listen, we're all going to have an eternity. You have to make a decision on where that's going to be. And you make that decision based on your belief system in who? In God. God said this is the way, through Jesus. Well, you know, and, and people reject that. You know, I, I get that. I don't need... I get the Jesus thing, but I don't really believe. I had somebody say to me the other day, in my church, who's faithful in my church, he said, you know what? I think you can get to heaven besides through Jesus. I said, why do you believe that? 
He said, well, I t- there's just so many good religions in the world to teach good stuff of, of character, teach good stuff about family values, teach good stuff about... I said, you know what, though? You know what the Bible says are good works? They mean nothing. It says in Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to what? His mercy that he saves us. Why do we say that? Because there's only one God. I can't dictate the terms of how I can have a relationship with the one who created me. Only the creator can. And when we get an understanding of that, then we get this principle when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The world wants us to believe that there's many paths. Just be good, do good. These other religions are good. It's okay, it's not a big deal. We don't need to hate each other. And I'm all about that message of we don't need to hate one another for what we believe. But you know what? We ought to be so loving that people want to have an understanding of what we believe because they're drawing people to Jesus. And that happens when what? When he's the only God that we believe in and serve. Here's number two. God doesn't want us to put anything above him. I think that's harder than number one. Like I believe, you walk out, Psalm 19.1 says, you walk out at night when it's a beautiful sky. Especially now that it's not 150 degrees outside, right? It's a beautiful time of year here in Florida. You look up and the Bible says in Psalm 19, verse number one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament displays his handiwork. I believe that. But then the second commandment that says, don't put other stuff in front of me, I gotta be like, eh. I don't want to, I don't try to, but sometimes we do, don't we? God only wants us to worship him. He wants us to worship him, Jesus said, in spirit and truth. He will reward us if we diligently seek him. I'm going to read this verse to you and we're going to pray. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's where that Jehovah Jireh song comes in. Seek him. Seek his righteousness. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. This verse says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then it says, And then. You know what that means? One plus one is two. The, ma- the mathematics of this thing is, if you do this, if you do this, this is the result. It says, then all these things will be added unto you. So the first two commandments re- relevant for us today? Sure they are. God is the God of the universe, and he wants us only to worship him. We agree on that. Number two, don't put anything else above your relationship with him. Let's work on that this week. Amen. Let's bow for prayer. Would you do that with me this morning? Father, we love you. And I thank you for your son, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I thank you, Lord, that even, and I'll, I'll say it, Lord, and I'm and probably more of a confession to you, but also uh, for all of my family here at Hope Church. Sometimes the Old Testament stuff is kind of hard to read and hard for us to understand. And even in my flesh, may may feel like it's like it's even like not relevant today. But the truth of the matter is, every single one of these 10 principles that we learn about, they're, they're so relevant for us today. Because worship, worship of everything is, is really something that's popular in our culture. And putting other things before you is, is a reality in our culture, even, even for Christians at times. So I pray that we'll look at these next eight principles over the next few weeks. And ask you, Father, to apply them to our lives. I just want to ask you a question with your heads bowed and eyes closed while the music plays a little bit. I don't, I don't know if anybody in this room would say, I, I just don't agree that there's just one God. 
And, and if, hey, listen, if you do, it's okay. We love you. We're just glad you're here. But I wonder if you would maybe talk to one of your pastors after church and say, you know what, I want to understand this thing about there only being one God. If that's true about you this morning, we love you. And, and, and we just want to help you understand what the Bible says and the truth of that. But I really want to focus on the second question because I believe most of you here, boy, at the early service, you guys are like the gladiator Christians of, of Hope Church, right? You get up early, you're here. The second service, people don't understand. If you come to early church, you get a longer day because the message is shorter. They don't understand that yet. You guys are the winners in the service pick today, right? But here's the thing. Do you put other things before your relationship with God ever? How many would say, Pastor Ed, you know, I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to put my hand up first. Here's the question. Do you put other things before your relationship with God sometimes? If you do that, raise your hand up in the air. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people. It's a lot, probably almost all, it probably is all of us if we were to be honest. So I wonder right now in the quietness of this moment, if you'll ask God to forgive you for, of that, just say, dear God, forgive me for putting stuff or my family or my husband, or my wife, or my kids, or my work, or my house, or my car, or my boat, or my career, or my money. There's a lot of stuff we put before God. You know what it is. Ask God to forgive you of that today. Ask God to forgive you. Ask Him to help you to change that. And ask Him to help make you more like Him. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.